Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women here in Japan, the creator of the Woman in Japan Mastermind and the Jumpstart course. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all of your kind wishes and congratulations that um, I've had since the last episode was released uh, on Monday last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, there's a big announcement in there. Um, you can go and listen in more detail if you want to. But the gist of it is that our family is moving to Sweden at the end of this year due to my husband being sent there for his job. And in the episode, I talked a lot about what a huge surprise it was to us and also, you know, just how sort of um, – how confused I was for, you know, a good week um, as to why this was happening now. Yeah. So please go and have a listen to that. But um, to all of the people who uh, messaged me and uh, emailed me, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate your well wishes and your enthusiasm. Yeah. Nobody said, oh, what? You're leaving? No, you can't leave. Um, what about the podcast? Everyone was, yeah, le- le- yay. What an exciting adventure for you. And so I appreciate your support because, you know, some days it does feel a little bit scary, let's just say, um, that we, and I just don't know how it's all going to work out, that we are going to get our, you know, pick up our whole lives and start again in a new country with two children in tow this time. Um, but yeah, we'll get there and people do it all the time, apparently. So <laughs> I'm sure we will manage as well. So yes. And so kind of just to um, follow on from that, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened in the meantime since um, I recorded that episode. I recorded it a couple of weeks ago because I knew that I was going to be really, really busy coming back to Japan. Um, you know, just the whole traveling thing. Um, every time it wipes me out for a good three or f- to five days and once I get home and it takes you know, a good five days for my head to catch up with my physical body and to feel that I'm on an even keel again here in Japan, which is something my father used to love to say. So he liked things to be on an even keel. <laughs> so, um, you know, just feeling, you know, back, back to normal, back to equilibrium and back on schedule, that sort of thing. So I knew that was going to happen. So I recorded the episode a little bit in advance and I was really glad I did because my head was just in the clouds for most of last week, um, getting used to being back here and the heat. And it's not even that hot, you know, like it's been so much cooler um, than it has been apparently. So everybody's telling me, Oh, we threw all of the, the hot time, which which I, I know this as well, but because I've come from being in winter where it's been, you know, sort of 10 degrees or, you know, maybe 12 or 14 degrees every day in New Zealand and then to be plonked into 28 degrees and 80 to 90% humidity has been a real struggle um, to readjust to the heat. And yesterday I went to my... Um, acupuncturist and I told her you know I'm you know just sort of struggling with getting back to being 
in summer after being in winter and she said to me, um, well, you know, you often have a lot of tension in your neck and shoulders. So that also um, affects your body's ability to adjust to the temperature. So I'm gonna. So she said I'm going to um, <laughs> effectively stick more needles in your neck and your shoulders today. So that's what happened yesterday. And thankfully, it's not that hot that I need the air conditioning on today. But I do have the windows open for the breeze to come in because otherwise it's just horrible. So you'll have to excuse me if you do hear the old truck roaring by or something like that. So yes, back to business here in Japan. I'm feeling good and been getting back and going to my gym again and um, eating some really healthy good Japanese food some miso and umeboshi and all of that good Japanese stuff that I love now after 17 years of being here which I certainly didn't when I first came here that's for sure so um, yeah the thing I wanted to talk to you today about and I just mentioned before is that um, you know, in the meantime, since I recorded that episode, some something really nice has sort of happened. And it's because of just one little action that I took. And it's what happened when I was in New Zealand. Um, so once again, the library in town uh, was uh, had a an event happening one weekend. And I saw it come up on Facebook. And I saw that there was going to be a workshop for writers happening at the library. And the workshop's topic was, um, so how to write and publish your first book. And I was like, that's something I'd like to go to because, you know, I've always thought that, you know, I'd like to write a book, but of course I can't write a book because I'm not of a, you know, I'm not a writer of a quality that could write a book, you know, of course, I've been a blogger and all of that, but oh, writing a book. Mm. But I'll go and I'll and I'll sort of just see what the story is, you know. And I almost almost didn't go actually because I looked at it and I thought, oh, it's sixty five dollars, sixty five New Zealand dollars. That's not even what's that like five thousand yen maybe? Oh, it's you know five thousand yen for three or four hours, and I just sort of couldn't. Um, I couldn't see that it would be worth the money to go because surely I I couldn't write a book. <laughs> so I was making up all of these excuses, setting up all of these little um, boundaries for myself again. Um, and it's so easy to spot it when other people do it, isn't it? But for me, it seems so real that, you know, it would, wouldn't necessarily be um, a good use of $65 to go to this thing. So, and then I was thinking, oh, but my kids, it's the weekend. I have to ask my mum to look after them. And, oh, she probably won't want to. And, but I, you know, sucked it up and I went and asked her anyway. And she was like, yeah, okay, sure. That'll be fine. We'll, we'll do something, you know. And I thought, see, look at me getting in my own way again. Here, <laughs> you're doing it again. So I had the babysitter. Of course, I had $65 to go to this thing. And I just thought, this isn't English on a weekend. You can go to this. You know, this is, imagine there's no way that you would be able to go to something like this in Fukushima. You know, it would be in Japanese. It would, you know, be a lot harder for you to understand. You'd be the only foreigner in the room. <laughs> so I thought, this is, this is a really great chance to go to something in English. So let's just go. 
So off I went to this workshop. And when we got there, um, a lovely lady who was hosting the workshop, the, one of the first questions she asked us was, um, well, there were two questions, actually. The first question was, why do you want to write a book? And question two, and more importantly, why do you want to write the book now? And I sat there just gobsmacked. Like, I'd only been there five minutes <laughs> and already. I had have, had like this, um, like a, it was, yeah, a big slap in the face. Like, basically, I knew the book that I wanted to write. The book that I wanted to write is a book about, of course, what happened here in Fukushima, about my experience, my personal experience during that time um, on the day of the disaster when the earthquake and the tsunami happened um, and the following days when the nuclear meltdown started to happen and being pregnant at that time, um, being a foreigner in Japan at that time, um, you know, and I also wanted to write a book that talks more about as well, what's happening now in Fukushima. And because I, I do know that a lot of people don't know, right, what's happening in Fukushima. And I thought, that's definitely the book that I need to write. This book needs to be written. And it's important that I write it in English so that I can contribute something to the story of what happened in Fukushima that is not from a reporter that is from that is a real account of somebody who was actually living there at the time because a lot of the things that you do read in English are just reports yeah reported things from media so there's always going to be some kind of slant to it that's going to sell it right to going to sell more copies and so I want to write something that was real that was my own words and not mangled by <laughs> reporters, which is quite often what happened and definitely what happened to me during the disaster when I was interviewed for various, um, you know, TV shows and things and um, news reports. So this is, you know, I knew I had the book and I had the topic and, um, but I, what I, the piece that I didn't have was why now? And when it hit me was that, um, why now? It's like, it has to be now. I have to write this book now. Um, you know, especially with the Olympics coming next year, Japan is going to be the center of media attention from countries across the world. And if my book's coming out next year, it's going to be better for my book and for the story of Fukushima as well, that it comes out in around the time of the Olympics. So this was my thinking, and the the woman who was hosting the workshop was also thinking the same thing I could see. <laughs> so she was very excited about this opportunity. And so I thought this is the perfect chance for me to write this book. And then, as you know, as I mentioned in the last um, episode that we are, you know, moving away from Japan at the end of this year, I can be out in the world talking about it and, you know, talking to people about Fukushima. And this is something that I cannot do from within Japan. And 
I need to be overseas. And if I'm already overseas, it just makes it so much more doable and easy, less traveling, etc. I have two small children. I can't be jet-setting around the world or I don't want to be jet-setting around the world and leaving them behind all the time. So to me, it was like all of the pieces in this big puzzle just went click, 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 click and fitted together. All of these random things that have been floating in my head finally came together into a picture that I could see. And the picture contains uh, is me finishing this book in the next six months or so, getting it out and getting out into the world and talking about it and um, getting the word out about, you know, what, what happened in Fukushima from the perspective of someone who was actually there at the time. And what's it like in Fukushima now from the perspective of someone who actually lives here and is working with local people to, you know, make things happen here. So, oh, oh my goodness. So when I, um, when I figured this out, I, yeah, I'm in the middle of this um, writer's workshop. It was like, um, you know, when you have like all these like full body tingles and Sarah Furia, if you're listening to this episode, we've talked about this on an episode before with Sarah. It was a fabulous episode. We talked about getting these full body tingles and I was just sitting there like tingling and I hadn't had any caffeine or anything. I hadn't had any, any kind of drugs or anything. I was just, it was just, yeah, it was just this magical feeling. So I was like, this is something that has to be done. Now, the problem is, obviously, as I explained before, I do still get in my way a lot. And I know that my character is someone who um, it can easily do things for other people. But if I'm doing something off my own bat or just for me, then it tends not to happen or it gets pushed down the list of priorities. And so... I was very grateful to be part of the workshop with other writers who we can all kind of keep each other accountable. But um, I know I need a lot of accountability on this one because, and even as I was um, taking some time to write yesterday, so um, I just I just had this sort of uh, this idea kept popped into my head, and so I just wrote it down to get it out of my head. Was that my experience during um, the Fukushima disaster, the, the disaster here in Fukushima, um, wasn't that bad? And I've said it many times. We did not suffer in the way that a lot of people suffered. Um, sure, I, I suffered. You know, it was pretty damn horrible. But comparatively, we got off quite lightly here and my family was extremely, extremely lucky. And I'm grateful for that every single day. Now, does that mean that my story does not have any value? Perhaps not, but a little voice in my head was popping up and it was that voice of comparison, yeah, comparing, oh, my experience wasn't that terrible to, to say somebody like my neighbors across the street whose house was washed away and they had to rebuild and that's why they now live across the street from me. Or um, one of my lovely coaching clients who lost her home to the nuclear power plant and her whole family were scattered around different cities for months and months trying to find a new place to live where they could all be together again. So 
um, you know, there are a lot of stories like that around me. And I was thinking, you know, comparing myself to other people's experiences and finding that, you know, perhaps I hadn't suffered enough. Yeah. And so my story is not worth it. But I, I also f- realized that I'm the only, I'm not the only one, but I am one of few people who can talk about this in English and say, yes, I was actually there. And I can tell the stories of those friends and neighbors and talk about their experiences as well. So I need to just stop getting out of my way. So that that is why I decided to talk about this on the podcast today. So I need all the accountability I can get. And so I know by putting this out there and everybody who listens, you can check in with me and say, hey, Jane, where's my book? Where's your book? Can't wait to read it, whether you <laughs> read it or not. Um, but yes, so this is why this episode is happening today. And yeah, perhaps you have something similar like this. Um, what's your secret project that you have been putting off and putting off because nobody's waiting for it. Nobody's expecting you to do it. And everybody else's stuff is always at the front of your to-do list, but your project is always at the back of the list. Yeah. So, you know, this book has been on my back burner for a long time. I've always sort of thought I'd love to write a book about what happened here in Fukushima, but it took these series of events to line up and click into place to get me to the point where there's no turning back. Yeah. So now, um, you know, with um, the talk that I gave in, um, in my mother's town that went really well, um, this going to this workshop and realizing that I need to write this book now being transferred overseas to Sweden, um, to be able to, you know, go out into the world and talk about Fukushima and my book um, that is going to be <laughs> published next year in some shape or form, um, it all fits together like a magic puzzle. Yeah. So how's the book going? Um, I am, as of yesterday, about 10,000 words in, which is not too bad, considering uh, we've had a big ch- um, a big change of coming back from New Zealand that sort of interrupted me for a few days there but how am I going to write this book given that we are moving to a new country in less than six months right at the end of the year and I'm a marathoner so I'm going to do it in a marathon kind of way what is a marathoner well let me tell you about that after this short break So I'm back after this short break, which I have to put in because when I record um, directly into my podcast um, making thingy software, which is called Anchor, by the way, and completely free, it only lets you record for 20 minutes straight and then it sort of cuts you off. So here we are back again. So we're talking about marathoning. Yeah. And so I am a marathoner type person in that When I have a big project happening, whatever it might be, I like to do a little bit at a time. So even if it's just five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day, I will feel better about how the project is going than if I procrastinate about it and leave it till the last minute 
and do it all at once. That does not work for me and I do not do my best work like that, yeah. So I'm a marathoner. I I always, like, you know, with moving house, yeah, I'm just doing a little bit a day. Like I'm decluttering one shelf a day or decluttering one drawer a day. And even though, um, is it Con Murray or Marie Kondo would tell you to like dump out all of the books in your house in one go. I just cannot do that. That's just too much. I get overwhelmed and I wouldn't finish it. And then I would just take all those books and shove them in a pile in a corner and not actually throw any of them away. But if you said, okay, today you're going to do the books on this shelf and tomorrow you're going to do the books upstairs, then I might get done. Yeah. So this is, this is my personality. And you may be of the other personality, which is a is called a sprinter. Now, a sprinter is someone who is always told that they are the procrastinator, right? They're procrastinating. They leave things till the last minute and think they should be doing it a little bit every day like me, um, And but they always leave it till the last uh, minute and then just do it all at once and it gets done. And they kind of need that adrenaline buzz of, oh, I have, you know, a deadline coming up um, to get in order to get things done. Now, both ways of working are perfectly adequate. Like both ways of working get you to the finish line, right? Um, for me, the sprinter way of working does not work. I would absolutely prefer not to have to do that. Obviously, sometimes I have to do that, but <laughs> I would much rather do a little bit every day and get myself to the finish line in a more of a turtle style. Yeah. So if we're thinking turtle in the hair type thing um, and other people are complete hairs. Yeah. They're, they would much rather just leave it till the last minute and then race. And yeah, can both completely valid. So for me, how am I writing this book that I've just been telling you about, given that we are also moving internationally? So my promise to myself and to you all <laughs> as listeners of this podcast is that I'm going to just write every weekday. I'm not even saying I have to do it on weekends. Weekdays when my family's at, you know, at school and work, I'm going to find 30 minutes to write. Now, the reason I've chosen 30 minutes is that I feel that is a doable length of time. It's very easy to find 30 minutes somewhere in a day. And if I have to drop it to 10 minutes, then that's fine. Sometimes even just having that um, extremely low expectation of doing 10 minutes is enough to get you the momentum to get going if you're resisting something. So if, for example, if you're thinking of, you know, marathoning a certain project and you want to give yourself a limit each day, but you find it really hard to get started, it might be that you've overestimated how much time you feel you can spend to get yourself started. So you might only, you only need to say, I'm just going to do a minimum of 10 minutes. I can do... 10 minutes or more, yeah, but I must do 10 minutes. And 10 minutes is doable, right? Anything is doable for 10 minutes. So just get started. And, you know, or more means that you might be able to do more. You might do half an hour. You might do an hour. And so for me, 30 minutes is, at the moment, feels doable. And so I'm committing to doing 30 minutes of writing each day. And the writing doesn't even have to be good, yeah? It's just 
getting the, the story out of me and then coming back to it later and improving it. So it's a first draft, right? You don't want to be like editing yourself constantly and then never getting all the whole story out, yeah? So the point is just, just to write for 30 minutes and not like sort of fluff around with word choice or anything like that. And it's happening, yeah? Like I mentioned, I'm 10,000 words in. I feel like I'm actually enjoying writing it. So far, so good. Um, and I've forgotten that actually writing is something I really love to do. I've always been a, a writer of some sort. I was a blogger for a long time before I discovered this medium of podcasting. And I love podcasting as well because I can just hear and talk to you all, but also you can listen to me while you're doing something else. And I know that a lot of my listeners are busy people. You do not have time to sit down and read your way through all of this. Yeah. But you can listen to a podcast while you're driving or walking or you're exercising, cleaning, all that stuff. And I love to listen to podcasts then too. So this is why I've transitioned to podcasting. Um, but I'd forgotten just how much I really enjoyed writing. So actually this, um, this book project has given me a chance to get back to doing something that I really love to do, which is to write. So yes, um, the marathoner and the sprinter is, um, is another idea that I learned from Gretchen Rubin, who I mentioned in the last and another episodes of my podcast. And so also not my original idea. Um, but well, you know, let, figure out which one you are and you'll notice it because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Are you always leaving things till the last minute? Well, then you're probably a sprinter. There's no need to feel bad about that. And I know there is a lot of sprinters out there who feel like they're also the procrastinators. Yeah. And procrastination is bad. And, and there are a lot of people who procrastination is actually a form of, um, I'm not going to say illness, but it, it's a problem, right? And that they don't get anything finished. Um, but if you are a sprinter and you get stuff done, but you just leave it till the last minute, then there's not really any problem. So, you know, no need to beat yourself up as long as you're getting it done in the end, right? Um, and if you're a marathoner, marathoners are more sort of the socially accepted way of working, yeah? A little bit each day, plotting, getting stuff done and finishing preferably before um, a few, you know, I would prefer to finish a few days before a deadline. Um, but, you know, for a, a sprinter, that's just, that's just not, you know, conceivable, yeah? And you're completely okay, whichever one you are. So it helps if you know that about someone who you're working with and you might be like, why does she always like leave it till the last minute? She could have started weeks ago. Well, maybe she's a sprinter and that's what she needs to do to get it done. Let's just leave her alone. And if you're a sprinter, you might be working with someone and, and wondering like, why are they always starting so damn early? We've got weeks before we need to hand something in. That is how they need to work. My husband, I feel, is probably a sprinter. I'm like, why are we? Why are you worrying about this now? I've been working on this for weeks, <laughs> and I remember it last time we moved when we moved from um, here in Iwaki to Germany, and I'd been like turfing things out of our house and tidying things up for for weeks. And in the last sort of week or two before we were due to go, he he finally hit his, you know the sprinter in him kicked in and was like, oh, we've got to do all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it for ages. Have you not noticed, you know? 
<laughs> so anyway, it's funny when you have um, a sprinter and a marathoner together in a house. Yeah. So it's good to know that about each other. Okay. So that was what I wanted to talk to you about today. Um, it gives me a little bit of accountability that, um, you know, to tell you all, this is what I'm working on. And also, and I, you know, the reason why I, I tell you all these things is to inspire you because I mean, come on, if I can write a book, you can write a book. Yeah. So we can all write books. So if you're someone out there who is thinking, oh, I'd love to write a book too. Well, you can. Yeah. It's just, is it your priority or not? It potentially hasn't been a priority. So it hasn't happened. So this is how I'm thinking about it now as well. Writing this book is a priority. It's on my top most important actions for each day of the working week. That's that I will sit down and do 30 minutes of writing, preferably before I do anything else, before I get on Facebook or start emailing people, um, even before I start recording this podcast. Yeah. So um, that's how important it is. And if I give it that priority, it will, after several months of me spending 30 minutes a day, start to take shape. That's it just will. And yeah, well, let's see how it goes. So if this episode has inspired you to start writing a book or whatever it is that you are working on, maybe it's decluttering your house or or something, um, please, please, please let me know. Contact me on Instagram. I'm at Jane Nakata or on Facebook, Transformations with Jane. So tell me what, you know, if I've inspired you, I'd love to hear about that. And um yeah, get ready to um, <laughs> read my book, please, um, sometime next year. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm focusing on getting the words out and I'll deal with other things about getting it published and things later. So um, I did learn a lot about that as well at the workshop that I attended, which was really helpful. So, yeah, don't try and do these things alone. Um, you know, let someone know, get some accountability and you'll find it gets done sooner rather than later. So that is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening again. And I will look forward to bringing you some interviews with other um, members of our community shortly. So have a great day. Bye-bye. みなさん、こんにちは。今日の話は、あの、先週の続きなんですけど、先週は、あの、ビッグニュースを発表して、あの、まだ聞いてない方は、ぜひ聞いてみてください。あの、日本語のサマリーもあるので、Excuse me. あのそうその話を聞いてからこのエピソードを聞いた方がいいですね。で、まあ、結局あの今年の、まあ、2017 19年の12月にあのスウェーデンという国に3年間転勤で引っ越します。でその、まあもちろんショックがあったんですけど、あの、ちょっと、ほいと、あの、いろいろ、あの、ちょっと、なんていうの、うん
、いろいろ、例えばパズルのピースがうまいことに、あの、カシャンカシャンカシャンと合わせて、あの、その、ビッグピクチャーを見えるようになりました。どういうことなのか。<笑>あの、もう本当にあのびっくりして、でもニュージーランドにいる間にあの、チャンスがやってきましたね。あの、その街の図書館で、あの、ライターズワークショップがあって、で、そのテーマは、えー、出版した、本を出版したい方、のワークショップですね。で、そのやり方とか知恵を教えるワークショップで、で、私は、あ、いいな、行ってみたいなと思って、ただ、まあ、5000円ぐらいの値段と、あと子供の面倒誰が見るのか、また、こんな、あの、制限作っちゃって、あの、子供面倒を、お母さんにお願いしたくないなと思ったんですけど、あの、お母さんは忙しくて、よく疲れてるので、あの二人を<笑>任せるのはかわいそうなと思ったんですけど、あの、お願いしてみたら、もう、いいよ、行って、行ってきてってすぐ言ってくれて、あと、まあ、その五千円っていうお金は、あの、結局、何もないでしょと思って、あの、無駄遣い、自分に対して無駄遣いしたくないっていう気持ちがまたやってきて、これはダメだわと思って、じゃあ頑張って行ってみようと思って、行ってみたら、もう最初の2つの質問があって、あの、すっごいびっくりしました。で、最初の質問は、なんで本書きたいっていう質問でした。でも2番目の質問は、なんで今本を書きたいのっていう質問でした。えー、そうなんだ。今、今書く本のテーマが大事ですよね。あの、もし本を大成功にしたい場合は、もう本当にタイミングが大事ですね。で、私の書きたい本は、福島の、あの、福島、大震災の、あの、話の、私の話ですね。で、どうやって日本に来て、どう、あの、なんで福島にいたのかとか、あと、あの、その福島、あの、その原発の事故の時の、あの、ハプニングとか、いろいろ書きたいなと思って、あと、今の福島も、あの、もう、正しく説明したいなと、あの、強く思いますね。で、今、まあ、もちろん英語で書くので、あの、そういう英語の本は少ないだろう。あと、英語で、そういう福島のニュースは、あの、本当に体験した人じゃなくて、記者とか、このメディア、で書いたものとかなので、ニュースとしてあの発信してるので、本当にあのその悪い、悪い部分とか、あと、あの売りそうな話しか出てないので、あのもうちょっと
、まあ、本当の話書きたいなと思いました。でも、あの、そういう、なんていうの、比べてしまうと、自分の経験と、あの、他のもっと苦労してた人の経験比べてしまったら、もう、私は本書いちゃダメでしょ、みたいな考え、あのそのアイディアがやってきちゃってあの私みたいなあんそんなに苦労してない人なのにもっとあの大変な状態の人がいっぱいいるのにあの私のストーリーに価値がないなとかはダメですよねあのみんなのストーリーを英語であの上手に書くとすごく価値があるって気づいて、まあ、自分のストーリーもそうだけどちょこちょこ他の人のストーリーも混ぜていい話を書けるんじゃないのってやっと気づいて<笑>でタイミングがすごく上手あ大事ですよねあの来年は日本のオリンピックがあるので本当に世界中のメディアが日本に集中しているので、あの、チャンスだなと思いました。なので、タイミングも,もう重要だし、あとその why、なんで書くのかは重要なのであ、やっぱり今まで考えたことが、あの、今は書くチャンスだって気づきました。そのワークショップのおかげで。で、最近決まった転勤もあるですよね。もうそれだけで,でもすごく忙しいですよね。いろいろやることがあるんですけど、あの、その本をいつ書くのみたいな。<笑>もう時間がないでしょうと思ったんですけど、でも、プライオリティのために時間がいつもありますっていう、あの、フレーズがあるんですね。なので、本を書くのはプライオリティだったら、もう、あの、もうテレビ見るのをやめたり、とインスタグラムスクローリングもやめたりとかすると、もう簡単に毎日30分っていう時間をあの見つけれると思います。なので、その本を書くのは、もう第1とか第2のプライオリティにしました。ので、あの、一万言葉。あの、英語の、あの、日本だったらもう、あの、なんていうの、文字文字で、あの、数えるんですけど、英語は言葉で数えるんですね。で、一万言葉をもう書きました。<笑>なので、あと、まあ、それは12ページぐらいですね。あなので、12ページぐらいは書きましたけど、もう本当に始まったばっかりなんですけど、あのスタートはスタートですね。で、まあ30分重ねて、毎日毎日重ねて、ある日出来上がると思います。なので、皆さんに発表すると、あのよりあの諦めない気持ちになると思います。で、その,あの働き方の話もしました。あのマラソン VS スプリンターっていうあの働き方で私はもう絶対にマラソンマラソナーっていうあのマラソン選手みたいにゆっくり毎日
少しでもすぐ、あの、やるっていう、あの、なんていうの、亀、亀スタイル。亀<笑>スタイルですね。で、あの、スプリンターっていう働き、あの、働く方法が、もう最後まで待って、ガーッと一気に全部、あの済ませるっていう働く働き方もありますね。であの最終的にいいものが出来上がったら両方大丈夫ですよね。そのスプリンターの方法でもいいしマラソナでもいいんですけどあの社会はマラソナがいいと思ってるんですね。であの自然にマラソナの人たちはあのまあいい働き方とか、いい人みたいなあのメッセージがあるんですね。でも、スプリンターはあんまり認められなくて、あの、ダメな人とか、あの、怠け者とかと思ってるんですね。で、その、スプリンターの人たちは自分が悪いなとか、ダメな自分と思ってしまってるんですね。でも、実は、あの、最終的に出来上あの、その、プロジェクトか何か出来上がるんだったら問題はないですよね。あの、出来上がらない人には問題があるんですね。最後まで待って出来上がらないっていうのは問題ですね。でも、で、まあ、最後に待って、なんとなく、なんとなく、あの、レポート出したりとかするといいんじゃないですか。なので、あの、両方は OK。で、お互いにどんな働き方が一番自然なのか分かってくると、あの、働きやすくなるんですね。あの方は、だいたいスプリンターなので、今、なんでやってないのって言って、言ってても、あの、意味ないので、いつも、もう出す、そのレポートを出すので、最後まで、あの、待って、始まるっていうのはもう全然大丈夫。と、マラソナの自分は思えばいいですね。で、そのスプリンターだったら、なんでマラソナはそんなに早く始まるのみたいな。もう、まだまだ、あの、締め切りがないのに、もう始まってんのみたいな考え方をしなくてもいいですね。あの、お互いのことを分かると、あのそういう働き方なのであのそのマラソナーのスタッフがいれば早めにそういうあのプロジェクトを渡してあの少しずつ働けるようにでスプリンターのスタッフがいればまあ早めに渡しても結果は待ってばいいですね最終的に出ればいいんじゃないかなそういうことですね。で、まあ、家の整理とか、本の書く方法は、みんな、あの、私にとってはみんな衣装ですね。全部少しずつやる方が、私にとっては、あの、ベストですね。でも、うちの旦那はもしかして、スプリンターかなと思うんですよね。あの、もう本当に、私は何週間前から準備始まったのに、あなんで、なんで今やっと始まったのみたいなことはたくさんある、ありましたね。あの、なので、彼はそうだったら、ちょっと2回できるようになったんですね
、うん、お互いに<笑>理解できるようになります。じゃあ、それはマラソンとスプリンター、亀と、あの、早いウサギみたいな、あの、話があるんじゃないですか。亀、亀の人と、あの、その話は、その、ウサギは悪いっていう意味だったんですね。あの、でも、まあ、ウサギは寝てしまって、レース、あの、に間に合わなかったみたいな感じですね。途中で寝てしまって。あの、うさぎは<笑>ちゃんと、あの、時間通りに終わったらいいんじゃないかなって、あの、と思います。はい。<笑>じゃあ、あの、今日の話で、もしインスパイア、インスパイアされたら、ぜひ、ジェイに教えてください。もう自分で本書きたいなと思ってたんですけど、あの、今まで自信がなくて、やっと始まったとかそういうのはぜひ教えてください。あの、みんな一冊の本が書けるっていうの、あの、あるんですね。<笑>私はいい本書いてるかどうかわかんないんですけど、と、とりあえず書いてますね。あの、やっとやる気が出て、あの、続けるように頑張りたいと思います。じゃあ皆さんも頑張ってください。来週もよろしくお願いします。Have a good day. See you next week. Bye bye.